Hello friends, welcome back to the SR66 Report, a podcast on culture, society, technology, and the economics of connectedness. Today I'd like to talk to you about uh, Russia and uh, the European Union. Uh, Today we are January 30th, 2022, and we are just ending a week which was uh, full of um, uh, uncertainty. Uh, The level of uncertainty indeed uh, is rising and the European Union is starting to realize that things are uh, a lot more worrisome than it has been estimated so far. This week is indeed a recognition that the escalation has reached a new stage, a new situation that may be showing that Europe is isolated and not fully in control of its own destiny. However, within the EU itself, there may be some division that is deeper. On one hand, you have France, which is uh, taking the threat of a conflict uh, very seriously and is indeed sending troops to Romania, while Germany, on the other hand, is clearly saying that it's not taking the side of of the military conflict and is refusing to send military equipment to Ukraine, while the US, on the other hand, is leading the negotiations as head of NATO. Uh, but, But it would be misleading to conclude that there is a really a fractured stance between France and Germany. This is only on the surface and there may be an appearance that the European Union is not united but when you look at it more closely uh, the European Union position is is a lot more intelligent and smarter than it appears. Indeed on the one hand you have France, a country that may be tempted to adopt an isolated approach rooted in the Nostalgia of de Gaulle in the 60s, when General de Gaulle adopted a policy of the empty chair within NATO. Uh, But France, by sending troops to Romania, is actually showing its unity to NATO. Germany, in the meantime, has a lot more to lose from a military conflict. Uh, Like most of uh, other EU members, Germany receives natural gas from Russia, but its energy policy remains even more tightly dependent on Russian gas. France, on the other hand, continues to maintain a park of um, nuclear plants that produce electricity that even German industry is buying from France. Um, So this may be the reason behind that difference of position. It's not the only reason, but it's one of the reasons. And it's very clear that um, uh, Germany would have a lot to lose in case of a military conflict. Uh, However, Germany also can root itself in a diplomatic tradition called uh, Neue Ostpolitik. This new Eastern policy was crafted at the end of the 60s by the Social Democrat leadership in West Germany. A Social Democrat politician, Egon Barr, uh, started to talk about it in 1963 when he suggested a certain change through rapprochement, rapprochement, a cooperation policy that Willy Brandt uh, successfully uh, used and uh, fully embraced as a German, as a West German chancellor from 1969. So that approach was actually successful and was used 
even as a model by Pope Paul VI, who also started connected, connecting with uh, countries of the Eastern European bloc. So Germany, the Germany of today remains deeply attached to that posture and a non-militaristic posture as well. And you can see that even uh, Angela Merkel, who is from the right wing, uh, the CDU, uh, Angela Merkel herself had some uh, flavor of, flavors of that, uh, of that uh, policy. And Germany therefore remains deeply attached to a posture which in the end actually provides a, a very interesting channel of discussion for the European Union as a whole and that cannot be ignored. So as a result, that, that appearance of disconnect within Europe between Germany and France, I would say that it's only an appearance and may very well be an asset, more of an asset than a liability. And for the time being, uh, it provides the US diplomacy the leadership that it needs to conduct its negotiations with Russia. So that, that's, that's the position for, for Europe. But in the end, and for the time being, we are indeed seeing a diplomatic escalation. But it's still too early to say that war is certain and that it's imminent. It's certainly not certain and it's certainly not imminent. And I think that um, as we've seen from the European Union side, there is still there are still channels of discussion that remain open. And, and it may very well be uh, that those negotiations taking place right now is may very well lead to the agreement that there is disagreement. There may very well be, through these um, negotiations, uh, an agreement that could be reached, that could be that um, they could agree to not agree. And basically, out of these negotiations that uh, appear to be very tough, an agreement may emerge that both sides will agree to, to not agree and that there could be a kind of implicit uh, operating uh, agreement or um, an implicit agreement to implement uh, processes to, to, to connect, to communicate, uh, even though there is uh, no agreement. So this is a very soft and very unspoken, non-spoken agreement. The non-spoken agreement may very well be that uh, both sides agree to not agree and at the same time out of this agreement emerges some sets and rules of communications between both sides at the same time. At the same time, this is very important because it could lead to another non-spoken agreement about Ukraine itself, which could be very well be that both agree that uh, Ukraine will never be part of uh, NATO. Of course, that's what Russia wants. But uh, from the U.S. side, it could very well be that the, U the U.S. Uh, agrees to not agree with Russia, but at the same time makes sure that uh, over the next few years uh, that, that Ukraine in the end does not join NATO at the same time. And so that so that that's a very subtle and very 
interesting outcome that could emerge out of these negotiations. The the other non-spoken part of these negotiations is that uh, Russia's leadership remains convinced that 30 years ago, when the Berlin Wall fell, and uh, when uh, a few few years later, when uh, the USSR fell apart, Uh, the Russian leadership remains convinced that there was an agreement to keep the immediate neighbors, uh, Russia's immediate neighbors, out of NATO. And uh, whether that's true or not, that's not the point. The fact of the matter is that there is a perception that there was an agreement. And so the US is aware of it, and everyone in Europe is aware of it too. So that's the context of these negotiations right now. And um, uh, we, we may actually have, despite that ex- escalation and despite the fact that we're very near and very, we're borderline, but these diplomatic negotiations that are going on right now may very well be a phase where both sides are building a new set of standards of relationships, of communication, even though they agree that they will not agree. And that's important. So let's not forget that Russia has always produced the best chess, ma- chess masters uh, for decades. Uh, it has produced, it has had, it, we've seen the best champions come out of Russia. And what Putin is doing right now is actually imposing the agenda to NATO right in the year when NATO itself, as an organization, is about to engage in a complete rethinking of its own mission. Indeed, 10 years ago and since its foundation in 1949, NATO has always produced what is called uh, a strategic concept. Since its creation since its creation in 1949, NATO shapes these regular strategic concepts to define its purpose and mission. And these strategic documents are essential to the organization and its and its members itself because it provides the operating tools that allows the organization to function the next major meeting of nato leaders to define that document is expected to take place in june 2022 in madrid spain so that's a coincidence isn't isn't it very interesting So in the meantime, the negotiations between the US and Russia will continue while the other stakeholders, uh, especially the European Union, um, will also be part of another uh, level of negotiation, which is called the Normandy format, the the Normandy format, uh, which is a a format that was set up in 2014 as a result of the Donbass conflict. And it brings together Russia, Ukraine, France, and Germany. And that Normandy format right now seems to be uh, downplayed by Putin for the time being. So that's where we stand right now. And um, I think that it's very important to keep an eye on this, um, on, on the European Union's stance with, with Russia. Uh, that's what I wanted to talk to you about today and uh, have a great, great weekend and a great week. Uh, bye.